As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an unspoiled network podcast. This is unspoiled covering the Dresden Files. Book 15, Skin Game. Chapters 22, 23, and 24. In these chapters, so many things happen. We meet the Janosqua. Janosqua? Janosqua. Jean! Jean! And we also find out that Harry is knocked up. Welcome to Unspoiled. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Natasha. I am Rashawn. All right, Rashawn. Mind blown. What do you think? What do you think? You kept Mind on being like, it has something to do with Lashiel. You were right. It, I was right, but I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Rashawn got spoiled on, but luckily it was talked about in such weird abstract terms that I didn't think she would probably retain it, and indeed she did not. She retained that Lashiel was somehow involved, but not the material details. I don't. I I take offense that I retain that Lashiel was involved. Do you think you came up with that one on your own? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I but took honestly, offense and then I, immediately back. I don't think that there was any other way to to get here. I feel like it had to be Lashiel. Well, I'll tell you what. I didn't come up with that Lashiel was involved. (laughs) So maybe I'm just trying to save face 
because I just didn't think of it, and I, I'm mad that you thought of it. I assumed that it was you retaining something, but maybe I'm just bigoted. <laughs> um, but this is uh, well. Let's just let's just go through the thing so we can get to the thing. All right, fair. So, chapter twenty-two. We are still at the slaughterhouse. And Harry is, uh, he is engaging in operation under my Nicodemus's authority. Yeah, he is. And even though I am, you know, ostensibly I am on Harry's side at all times, I really was so annoyed with him. I know! <laughs> I get what he's doing. I respect the, like, thought going into every movement that he's making here. Also, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. So, I guess, really, he's just very, very effective. <laughs> right? True, 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 true. Uh, because all I can think is, especially because we're trying to wrap up so we can have lunch or dinner, or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> so I was, her priorities. I was really, really triggered. It was every meeting I've ever been in at work where the person won't fucking stop. And we're all just like, oh my god, come on. Email them afterward! I don't need to be here for this question! <laughs> it was really, really traumatizing <laughs> to read this. Um, so yeah, so we're back around the big conference table. Deidre is handing out the, the next task of folders and they just say goal. And Harry is, which, you know, okay, fair. He's saying we need more information. Mm -hmm. Uh, this, this thing with Tessa showing up, that's not cool. And yeah. I don't know how I feel about going into this deal with you in this on this mission, and she's just out there, and this could all blow up in our face. Mm -hmm. And they want to know uh, what it is that Nicodemus is looking for. Um, <laughs> what he's looking for the fucking holy grail? Yeah, literally. Oh my god. I don't even know how I feel about that revelation. I really don't. He I'm not wanted sure. the shroud last time, so he's mm -hmm. like actively going after yeah. biblical and, artifacts. And here. he's like, "Oh, I'm just a collector," you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he even bothered. Like Nicodemus, <laughs> sweetie, why even open your mouth? Like you got to know what everybody. <sighs> You know, <laughs> uh, you, you, you have a noose around your neck that Judas hung himself from. Right. That protects you from everything but itself. Mm -hmm. We are aware this shit does things. So why play coy? Yeah. Guy? I mean, I guess in his defense... God forbid that I should be in the business of defending him. You are literally a devil's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's more of an angel. <laughs> wow. Well, actually, <laughs> already started. Um, so, he probably doesn't want to just broadcast 
you know, that these 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 items, these artifacts have a certain power. I'm assuming, you know, these things could hurt him much in the way that the the rope around his neck can. Mm. Um, which is just the assumption I'm making. I'm thinking if these things have been uh, in the presence or have been touched by or used by one uh, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> really, he really went through a lot to not say his name, only to eventually end up having to say it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if, if anything like that has... Uh, the power to hurt him, and maybe he just make, wants to make sure that he is the person who has all of those things, so they don't fall into the wrong hands. That's interesting. Okay. I mean, but, but I, but yeah, but I, I don't know. Um, you know what my grandmother used to call him when she didn't want to say Jesus? She would call him Holy Christopher. So you could do that. Holy Christopher? <laughs> Instead of, like, Christ is Christopher. Holy Christopher. That, that is such a <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. I guess the I like doesn't Christ mean something like the anointed or something? Like it's not the name, it's the, it's a title, right? Sure. So taking a title but then making it a name and making it, it might as well just be calling him like Chad. Holy Chad <laughs> Excuse me, it's Chadwick. <laughs> Jesus is off somewhere going, wow. (laughs) It's like that. Um Oh my god. So we we also find out eventually once Harry shuts up, well, one of the times he shuts up, (laughs) that there's going to be these three gates. Yeah. And each person there's like a gate of fire, there's a gate of ice, and then a gate of blood. Yeah. Um, so it's Asher who gets the gate of fire, Harry's going to get the gate of ice, and Nicodemus clearly is looking forward to getting that gate of blood. Um, I also want to mention, when Harry's being an asshole, the person who ends up kind of backing Harry up and the person that Nicodemus kind of looks to like well what do you think mm-hmm. is Gray Goodman Goodman Gray Goodman Gray yeah yeah and he's not as like we need to be able to trust you no but it's still he comes down on Harry's side it's just in his mind he's like it does seem real unprofessional that your fucking wife showed up. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. too personal for my liking. And mm-hmm. I don't normally like to be involved in this sort yeah. of thing. And he's like, you know that I'm not going to like bail. Cause that's not how I get down. However, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I just, it, uh, it, it, huh. The Nicodemus, and Gray have this kind of, I don't, I feel like respectful relationship. Okay. Takes away all the good feeling I had about him from the previous chapter. 
you know, like it just it serves as a really good reminder for me that uh, I just really need to make sure I keep my eyes on him. Mm. Um, you know, I already knew how dangerous he was. I mean, that's been made very, very clear several times. But that that his counsel is taken so seriously by Nicodemus is just kind of like like a oh yeah <laughs> kind of moment, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's a really a quick line where Harry is talking about when he's like he's trying to get Nicodemus to to say what it is he wants specifically out of the vault. And Harry says something like, well, what if you die? Maybe I want to snatch it up. Yeah. And Nicodemus is like, if I go down, y'all are already dead. <laughs> if I fall, you will all already be dead. <laughs> yep. And the way he says it, it's just like so matter of fact. It's like, oh, God. So, um, yeah, so that's what they're doing. They are going to go to Hades, which we should not just be saying his name willy-nilly, and there's a little bit of a sidebar about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because Nicodemus has to tell Harry to, like, just stop. Do you mind? Put like, a lid you, on it. You know, do you want him to just come waltzing in here right now? <laughs> yeah. And that leads Harry to, like, remind us a little bit about the power of names. And uh, he has this really funny kind of thing where he says he imagines someone... Like a god, like Hades, probably has his name called hundreds of thousands of times a day around the world. And if it were like a cell phone, he's probably thrown it away at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he compares it to like a pager that's just going off repeatedly. Uh, Which is kind of a funny point uh, when you think of, if you think about it in that way. Um, And then Harry says... To us, so you know, to the reader, how and also, it's usually you have to say the name three times with a certain sort of intent behind yeah, it. But and a even, rhythm. Mm-hmm, but even after he explains all this, he does say, "But you know what? Maybe I don't want to fool around with this." So he just mm-hmm. fucking shuts up. <laughs> I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Lots of like reasons why Nicodemus is being too fussy and we don't actually have to worry about it which in some ways just reads as Harry being like I don't want to listen to Nicodemus and then eventually just being like alright but I also don't want to mess with gods so I guess fine um so the, so the crew finds out what it is that he's after and they all have a very sort of similar you gotta be fucking kidding me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't be serious. Is this even a real thing? And, um... Nicodemus says sentimental value. <laughs> just, I love that so much. <laughs> He's like, what? All of my friends drank out of it. That was a really good night. I remember we played this game... <laughs> We didn't get out of there until like 2 a.m. We closed the place. <laughs> it was good times. <laughs> we all met for this big dinner. <laughs> Granted, I was only a waiter, but... Um, I was the one who saved the cup. Oh, my God. <laughs> Took it out of the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> 
So after Nicodemus shares this, it's like supposed to be wrapping up. But Harry decides now is also the time to find out what has been hiding and eating all the goats. Yes. And soon as he brings it up and Harry says out loud, like really insulting, you know, what big thing, ugly, whatever, Stupid. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And soon as he says that, he notices that Gray uh, winces and then Harry feels like the hairs on the back of his neck start to stand up. And he realizes that whatever it is, is is paying attention now. Yeah. So, he presses some more, uh, trying to get Nicodemus to tell them what's going on, what's happening. And Harry starts to use his uh, senses a little bit and notices that, yeah there's a veil here right mm-hmm. so then he turns around and kind of does this this show of looking directly at where it would be mm-hmm. and looking like very casual and bored about the whole thing and it reveals itself and it is a forest person yes one of the forest people except definitely not Definitely different, though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is described when he was describing it. It like felt familiar, but not. And when he says, "I had met a creature's like before," I was scrambling. I was like, "What is this? Like, what? 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 What is this that he's met before?" And when he tells us, when Harry tells us, I I was like, oh, but this, this doesn't feel right, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's been a little bit of a minute since the last time we saw Rivers and, you know, I just, uh, this was different. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So we meet, uh, we meet Gene. I love it. We're going to call him Gene. It's done. (laughs) Nobody come at me about it. Gene does not take well to being called one of the forest people. Oh, oh. Harry announces to the group, like, oh, you know, he's one of the forest people. And he starts to... Like, I guess, kind of make like a bit of a peace offering, and kind you know, of, like yeah. you know, like bring the temperature down a little bit, Mm-hmm. because you know he had just been really rude as fuck a minute ago. Exactly, and he apologizes for what he what he said, and he says that he knows rivers, and I guess <laughs> this is like supposed to be like an avenue, like a little olive branch, a little way to connect, right? He doesn't even get to finish his sentence. Nope. He gets his head rocked. Yeah. <laughs> he gets hit so hard, he goes flying literally across the room. I, I'm trying to remember the last time we've seen him 
get uh, fucked up like this mm. <laughs> so quickly and so like he throws everything he has at, at this thing. You got real quiet all of a sudden. Where'd you go? Um, I don't know. Oh, it's weird. You just sound so um, softer. Like this, he knocks him, like you said, all the way across the room, like bangs him into a wall. Mm-hmm. And Harry, like, comes up and tr- tries to throw, like, ice and shit at him, and it, like, nothing. 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 And then he hits him again and sends Harry uh, flying and then crosses the room. There's a, he steps over the conference table. Yeah, <laughs> I love that detail. <laughs> and he has a nail and just shoves it right into Harry's chest. Yeah. Gene uh, is not here. For play play. I don't know if y'all have been paying attention. <laughs> if you've been he reading says, along. Consider this a friendly warning. I am not one of the whimpering forest people. Speak of me and that flower chewing groundhog lover, River Shoulders, in the same breath again, and I will devour your awful while you watch. To which Harry says, from. F- <laughs> but that'll show him Harry I mean he just he fucks him up so bad so quickly without any opportunity there's no wisecracking Harry there's no puns there's nothing yeah uh, and he does it in front of everybody which is just so embarrassing and like considering the whole thing has been harry trying to undermine nicodemus's power Mm -hmm. it could Mm -hmm. not have gone more poorly in that respect yeah this is like things got away from him (laughs) indeed um (laughs) and i i'll just say this there's a lot of villains in the dresden books but for me Gene is like top five scariest. This, this is this, when he's done with Harry, he addresses the rest of the room and tells them they're going to fucking do it. Nicodemus says they're going to stop fucking around mm-hmm. or he's going to twist their head off. <laughs> like there is no reason to think that's a threat, like an empty threat. No, not none, not, not even all. a little. None at all. And he tells them that I've been here for the last couple of days, watching all of you. None of you fucking saw me. I've been following you all over this fucking city. Again, none of you saw me. If you don't do your fucking job, there's no place you can run that I won't find you. Like, talk about getting the room in check. <laughs> I'm wondering why Nicodemus didn't just lead with him from the from the jump. I mean, probably the the overall drama of having the like goats disappearing yeah, yeah. <laughs> was supposed to be more like psychologically effective than it wound up being because Harry undermined that. But it does wind up being like. All the more effective now 
because of Harry's mouthing off the way that mm-hmm. he does and how yeah. thoroughly subdued he is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, after he's done letting everybody know he's here, <laughs> he grabs a goat, <laughs> has a little nosh, and then disappears back behind his veil. And um, his veil even hides his scent. Yeah, which Harry is like, yeah. woof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he, what does Harry say? Uh, he hadn't been able to do it, and he hadn't seen anyone be able to do it, but that doesn't mean it wasn't possible to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so after he, he goes back behind, uh, Karen runs over to get the nail, and... Uh, Harry kind of passes out, and it ends with Nicodemus being like, all right, that's dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that opportunity of uh, Harry going unconscious is seized by his unconscious. Mm -hmm. And... Our goatee-wearing id strolls on in. I should say saunters. Oh, he uh, definitely swaggers. <laughs> and yeah. he is here to fucking talk because Harry has had some dreams that he still hasn't paid attention to. And this guy is starting to get real fucking irritated. Right. And if uh, th- 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 this is able to happen because not only is Harry unconscious, but the nail is in there. Mm-hmm. So it's blocking the mantle, and right? Then this is what the what the little window is. Um, <laughs> I love that this guy is all dressed up in black. Yeah, uh, and, and what does Harry say about it? Kind of like that's a little like on the nose or something. I forget what he says. A tailor black shirt, black pants. He had a goatee too. Look, I never said my inner self was hideously complex. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Um, and we get the fucking skinny on what's been going on with Harry's head. Mm-hmm. And it is a doozy. Yeah. But before we get that, we get a lot of talk about why Harry isn't banging more women. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy that when he finds out he's pregnant, he's like, see, this is why you don't just go around fucking everybody. It's like, "Mm, fair point, fair point. This goes on for so long that I'm wondering if I should not have let my eyes glaze over. And if there was more going on here. Hmm. Right? Because it because it's first it's about like how long it's been since Harry's fucked anybody and why isn't he trying to alleviate that and mm-hmm. these are all the people he could have had sex with and meanwhile you know Mab is throwing all these beautiful different fairies at him and he could have any of them at any time and he's not and he's calling him repressed and you know we're talking about okay well you were doing okay with Susan and then you had Anastasia and then like, why aren't you getting with Murphy? And then, and then he's like, well, I'll tell you why you're not getting with Murphy's because you're waiting for somebody else. You're waiting for Molly. And then there's a whole thing about that. And it's just, it's been a long, and, and when we get to like the good stuff, we, we realize that Harry hasn't had this kind of 
visit from his other self and his subconscious since before he picked up the coin. Mm-hmm. And that's what eventually leads us down the road to like, you know, the good stuff. Right. But before we get to that, I, I can't remember, surprisingly, <laughs> what Harry's subconscious was like. Was it always like this? Very like... Uh, what's the Aggressive? Word? Not just aggressive, but like hyper-focused on like, like for instance, like sex and who are you having, you know, these women in your life. Was that a, was that part yeah, of the deal? Yeah, yeah. It was. was. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if that was like a change or if it was always like that. Which, to be fair, if this is like some sort of id representation, which Harry jokingly says, that tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not like upset about it. I just couldn't remember. Uh, the thing about Molly, <laughs> he's, how, you know, our Harry is just like absolutely not under no circumstances. And, and Id Harry is just like, well, she's not a kid. She's in her late twenties. She's also low key kind of your boss now. So the apprentice thing doesn't even work. You know, you have more in common, uh, with the magic and now you've got like the winter thing going on like she's perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> um and the, at the end of it when harry is like i'm just not having any more of this conversation uh the it harry is like okay murphy's pulling the nail out we better get to business then yeah um I like the implication of how fast this whole thing takes place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it's all within just like seconds. Yeah, because when he goes down, the last thing he says before he loses consciousness is that she's grabbing at the nail. Mm -hmm. And then we're in his head and we're having this conversation. And uh, when it Harry shows up, it is accompanied by by a something. A little figure. A a little something in a cloak or blanket or something. Harry can't make it out. And then they get distracted by all the sex talk and who Harry wants to bang and doesn't bang. And and why he wasted that dream about Karen. (laughs) 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 Which Harry is very upset about. Um, But when they get down to the real business at hand, Harry is looking and... He gets it himself. Right. He says, is that the parasite? And the devil says... Um, the devil? The double. Oh, double. <laughs> I thought you said the devil. I was like, wow. <laughs> says that, uh, no, it's the being that Mab and Cousin Stupid Alfred <laughs> have been calling. Why is he so angry at Alfred? <laughs> I love this implication of him just, like, watching Alfred from the sidelines, just like, you fucking idiot, about this, like, timeless being of of elemental power. <laughs> Shut up, Alfred. What do you know? That is really the energy of it, though, right? Yep. Because he doesn't say anything about Mab, but the Alfred gets a little stupid in front of it, which is, just feels like, yeah, there's some history there that we don't know about. <laughs> um... So, yeah, this is what had happened was <laughs> <laughs> Lashiel, or the imprint of Lashiel, which is not like the true because he never really 
like took on the coin. Right. So it was an imprint of Lashiel in his head, but the imprint was him. Right. Right. And then she sacrificed herself and this sort of one selfless act of true love kind of thing is so powerful. I know, right? I sounded you, really cynical. You there, really just... <laughs> wow. <oof>. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Even I heard it afterwards. It was like, God damn, Michelle. <laughs> A selfless <laughs> act of true love thing. I... I'm still a work in progress, y'all. <laughs> I'm just trying to work some things out. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah, that's really what, what what's happened here. That that act of love, that, that moment of selflessness was sort of like a moment of creation. Mm-hmm. And that act, and at this part, I'm I'm a little fuzzy on. Uh, I get the last year part of it. I'm not sure I 100% understand the hairy part of it. Because it kind of gets into... Well, the, the id says that they were sharing the same mental space. Right. And um, they sort of... I, I, to say that they, I don't know how to. <sighs> he says that a mommy and daddy love each other very much, and that's just not helpful to me. I mean, it's it's an intimate. Like Harry gives her a name, as he puts it, because you know, like you said, it's the shadow of Lashiel's. It's not actual Lashiel, mm-hmm. so it's a separate entity. So him naming it, um, and him influencing it, because remember, it begins to rethink its job and function in a Mm -hmm. way it's trying to recruit him and convince him and there's a point at which it expresses some bitterness over the fact that harry has like choice and free will and he's like you do too you don't have to do this thing that you're here to do like you can choose a whole other and i feel like that is the first time that any shadow has been faced with that sort of idea. So it was like just a massive personality shift and, and so, like change in values that caused a like sea change. Right. As they so, say. <laughs> so it was, I think when I was talking, saying like Harry's part in it, uh, not to be like, you know, gross or or too like dense about the whole thing but I was thinking more like I get Lashiel's act being like the spark of creation but what was Harry's part in that Mm -hmm. but if what you say makes sense because of Harry being the spark that that gave Lash the idea that I can choose to be selfless Mm -hmm. then that would be his part in it right and this has created um a like a little a little intellect in, what is alfred i'm in intellectus is 
not Alfred. Intellectus is Harry's like understanding of everything on the island. So right. I'm not sure that the word you're looking for is the right one for right. It. Okay, um, a, like a, a sort of a a spirit of some kind, like a mind spirit. Right. Like he ends up referring it to to like Bob. Right. So Harry, has spirit cre- of intellect. Spirit of intellect. Thank you. That's that's where I was going. There it is. <laughs> there it is. So that's what has been created in Harry's brain, and that's what has been growing all of these years, mm-hmm. um, causing all the headaches. Um, Harry can't believe he's pregnant, and it is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, and he realizes that it's going to have to come out. Yeah. And, um, but before he gets to that, uh, we get to see her. Yeah. This was really freaky. I know. This is one of those things that I find, like, so fun because, holy shit, in sci-fi and fantasy, a woman getting impregnated against her will is such a trope. (laughs) And it is delightful to me to have this happen to a fucking male character for a change. Can I just tell you guys how happy I was about this? Oh, I love it so much. Um, and yeah, the the other thing that I really enjoy about it as well is that um, the explanation that of what Mab sort of threatened Harry with, which is that it'll go after your friends mm-hmm. and family, mm-hmm. there's a real explanation that makes sense and it makes sense that she could turn it into something sinister because it would be it wouldn't be purposefully sinister right but here goes a spirit of intellect with tons of ability and no real like context in the world and it's gonna just try and find a place if it kills harry coming out Mm -hmm. that it fits and so it's gonna go to people that it knows from harry's mind yep Whew! don't like that yeah, it's really, it's, uh, I love too, because when Harry is, like, still trying to digest all this after he sees her, and we get the description of what she looks like, which is, she looks like everybody. Mm-hmm. She looks like all the women, at least. Yeah. Uh, in Harry's mind that, you know, he's known and that he loves, and it's a little bit of Karen, it's a little bit of Susan, it's a little bit of Ivy, it's got, like, Elaine in it, there's Kim Delaney in it, um... But Harry is like, but Mab called her a parasite. And it says, lots of people make jokes and refer to fetuses like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, Didn't me and Natasha just had this conversation. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> um, Guilty. But uh, this this is just really such a wild plot yeah something twist point i don't even know it's just it's so beyond uh anything you know that i could have really fully imagined yeah um yeah this this is this book series is just really something else (laughs) (laughs) it just it just uh yeah like, I don't know what to do with this. 
neither to see. <laughs> <laughs> and I know all I have to do is just keep reading, but that doesn't feel like enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't, I cannot, I cannot adequately share with you all just what a complete mind fuck this is. Get it, get it, get oh, it, God. get it, get God. it, get you it. Stop it right there. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus, I Christ. love how I love. Oh, I love that so much. It's just <laughs> that is so appropriate. I just oh, that's so happy. Oh, I love it. Thank you, thank you for that. <sighs> um, yeah, it's just, just it's just a, it's just a lot. But, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's what's going on with Harry's head. And, uh, he has this moment where he's getting it, right? He's getting all of it. He's understanding that Mab wasn't actually lying because of course she wasn't, she can't. But, you know, and also understanding how this all happened and then immediately understanding that, oh, I have to protect her. It, mm-hmm. whatever i'm just gonna say her you know yeah uh i have to protect i have to protect her there's no question about it yeah and there is a moment where he is looking at uh the it harry and it's like uh what does he say protect the offspring yeah she may be weird, but she's your offspring. Protect the offspring. And his eyes flash. And and Harry has this, this moment of being like, um, I think it maybe it's like, is it before then? When does he start thinking about everything he did for Maggie? Uh, oh, it's right, it's right before Protect the Offspring. He's, uh, oh wait, no, maybe it's not. I don't know what you're referring to. He's talking about... Oh, he says, protect the eye offspring, primal drives. It's right after. He says, I tore a nation apart protecting my physical child. I was looking oh, at part of the you. reason why that drive was a part of me, too. And he's, Harry's just like, you know what? I'm on it. I got yeah. it. Like, I had no question. Um, and and there's a moment where he, where him and the id Harry are talking, and she, I think she starts to, like, fall. And they both grab her and pick her up. And he has her in his arms. And she says to Harry that she's sorry. Yeah. And she says it hurts, but I couldn't talk to you. And she is starting to be covered with like little layers of ice. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess in the the physical world, the nail is coming out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so Mab's earring is starting to like do its job. And eventually she is completely encased in ice. Um, for now, he says. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then it tells Harry as he's starting to leave. Um, don't forget the dream. Don't forget how it ended. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean, I ask? You flippin' idiot. <laughs> and then he was gone. <laughs> Oh my god, I love what is where is the thing there's a part that made me laugh out loud in the uh audiobook where he says something about how he 
doesn't overthink things. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his his tub says with like a bullwinkle voice, somebody was busy not overthinking things. <laughs> and I Harry's swear like, to God, why, I fucking like, cackled. Harry's like, why didn't you tell me this before or something? <laughs> He's like, a doy, I've been fucking trying. Jag. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It just, oh, that got me so bad. It, ugh. And then we got we we have to like leave this this plane or whatever this this conversation with his it Harry and and come back to the physical world where he wakes up uh, in Karen's bedroom and he can hear Butters and Karen speaking. Yeah, and um, Butters has some theories. Yeah, what do you think of this? It really... You know, it scares me that Butters might be right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of where I'm at, where I'm like, I bet he's right, but I don't want him to be right, because yeah. that sucks. Yeah, like... And and at first, I was just like, no, we, we, we've seen, you know... Mm-hmm. We've seen the power that he has and the strength that he has and all this stuff. But then here comes Butters with his old facts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being Mr. Smarty Pants. And uh, he is suggesting that there is not really, or that the power of the mantle isn't what we think it is. What its real yeah. power is, is that it... Uh, I don't know. It turns off his inhibitors. So that uh, he is able to exist in a state that humanly we really only reach under like great stress. Maybe Mm -hmm. once or twice in our life, Butter says. Butter says. And Harry has just been living in that space nonstop. Which means he's just... Ruining himself, you mm-hmm. know, just tearing his body to shreds. Um, and he also tells Karen that he's concerned that Harry is turning into a monster. Yeah, yeah. And Karen is like, "Well, <clears throat> you've been changing too, sir." I liked that. I did too. Wasn't expecting that one. Mm-hmm. But she's and just she, like, look who's talking. Yeah, she says everything you said about Harry, I could turn around and say to you, since you've had Bob. You know, you seem more tense. And they all, there's also, she calls him Batman. <laughs> yeah, it turns out he's taking Bob out in mm-hmm. the field with him to, like, do missions and shit. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, later on, that's... Yeah. Not what he's yeah. for. That, that's, that's not real dangerous. Yeah, that's that's not what a bob is for. And but she's and, like, they were taking kids. I don't know what you thought we were gonna do, but Yeah. And Harry's <laughs> like just sort of he he said he says before, I think she says that he, he talks about how dangerous it is and that Bob's not for the field. And he also says that when Bob's out like that, that can attract attention. And if the wrong people get Bob, that you know, is mm-hmm. terrible. And then I think she comes back with the, well, basically they were snatching six-year-olds, so. Yeah. Um, oh my god, this is like from the earlier chapter. I just thought about it. 
doesn't the id Harry say something about Harry was playing hopscotch on the island and Harry is like it was parkour oh my god that's right he says hopscotch (laughs) I love him arguing with himself I love like because this is it does give you the impression that he's talking to somebody else but then you have to keep reminding yourself like no this is Harry and like Mm -hmm. his opinion in some ways Mm -hmm. of shit Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all do this in our head where we like simultaneously yeah. rationalize something and then we're just like, shut up, you stupid bitch, you fucking liar. You are so full of it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so at some point, like, and we we remember how much fun Harry was having yelling parkour as he was jumping over everything, right? <sighs> so there's some part of him that was just like, look at this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Uh, I I mean that was like pages ago, but it just popped in my head. I had to say something. <laughs> just for some reason now I've got that crazy ex girlfriend song. You ruined everything, you stupid bitch. <laughs> oh God. You're just a poopy little slut who doesn't know how to love. <laughs> Those lyrics are really something. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, for those not in the know, she is singing that to herself. <laughs> oh, God. It's so good. It's so good. <sighs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I completely derailed us. Uh, no, it's fine. We were... Oh, Karen and Butters. Right. So... She tells Butters, basically, and you know what? This is actually really good. Uh, maybe you can find it and read it, because I thought what she says to Butters about having to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Well, there, it's a pretty long conversation. Is there a particular part of that she statement? She says to him, making... she says, it's, uh, it's not about taking sides, because she tells him you have to choose. Like, you can't like just live in fear right Mm -hmm. and she says this uh it's not about taking sides it's about knowing yourself about understanding why you make the choices you do once you know that you know where to walk um and she's telling him that he is holding on to these fears about harry turning into a monster but also trying to be like on the side of helping Harry and being there and all that stuff mm-hmm. and that he has to decide whether or not he can have faith in Harry um, being who we we like to think he is right and she also tells Butter that this is a man talking about Harry that's fighting for his soul right now Mm-hmm. And he needs people who have faith in him. He needs his friends to believe in him. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And she says you have to decide which side of the road you want to walk on. You got to turn away from your fears or you can grab onto them and run with them. But you can't you can't be in the middle. Yeah, because you're going to tear yourself apart. And that's when he's like, oh, I got to pick sides. And she's just like, yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. He is not getting what she's trying to tell him here. He doesn't want to get it right now Mm. for, I don't know, all kinds of reasons probably. Um, But I think Karen's right. I think fear 
and not just like oh he's scared of like what's going on in the world like not that because he's out in these streets with bob trying to do what he can mm-hmm. but what did she say she karen says something like i can't she says i decided i'm not going to be the kind of person who lives her life in fear of her friends turning into monsters mm-hmm that's what she says. And he's just like, oh, what, you just decided just like that? And she's like, no, it took a long time. But at the end of the day, I had to decide for myself that I would rather have faith in the people I care about mm-hmm. rather than allow my fears to change them in my own eyes. Meaning that, like, what's happening for Butters is his fear of what could happen to Harry is making him see these things happening to Harry. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what she's trying to get him to understand that, like, we we don't know for sure yet whether anything is air quotes happening to Harry one way or the other, turning mm-hmm. into a monster, evil, whatever. Butters is so afraid that's what ha- that's what's happening is that's what he sees now. Um, and he doesn't. It doesn't feel like when he leaves. It's just kind of like okay, all right. I guess I'll that conversation you. is now over. But yeah, you know, yeah. So I don't I don't know how that is going to shake out, you know, mm-hmm. with with our pal butters who I just adore, you know. Yeah, this is um, I enjoy the idea because I think that this is the sort of thing that a lot of people will put down the idea of having faith in people as a sort of. Uh, involuntary like you either are the kind of person who has faith in people or you're the kind of person who doesn't Mm -hmm. and i like it being reframed and put into this sort of you can choose what you're gonna do Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily an easy thing to choose and it's going to take some time to begin to have it be a habit but you don't you're not completely at the whim of the personality that you are you know, it's not an unchangeable thing about you. Right. And uh, this is actually, I'm covering Mistborn with Miles. And in the very first book, the main character, Vin, was like, she was this homeless orphan who is raised in a like street gang full of people that she cannot rely on at all. They are all ready to like backstab at a moment's notice. And she eventually gets like in a sticky situation and gets rescued by somebody who's in a gang full of people who can trust each other. And it takes so long for her to finally grow to trust these people. And they all at first sort of laugh at how paranoid she is all the time. But then they begin to realize what she's been through and why she feels this Mm -hmm. way and worries about it. And the guy who runs the crew is like, look, I get where you're coming from. And I'm not trying to say that nobody is ever going to betray you. I can't see the future. People do shit for all kinds of reasons that I can't foresee. But you have to choose how you feel like living. Mm -hmm. Do you want to live constantly worried and thinking the worst of people or do you want to live believing in your friends and you're going to take a risk either way it's not like being paranoid suddenly removes all risk exactly it's just that you have to decide the way that you feel like live like going about your life yep yep and it takes a long time and eventually she's like oh 
oh, I get it now. Okay. And I really like that. You know, yeah. it's just, this is part of the whole thing too with like um, people who tend to be a lot more like conservative in their beliefs in general tend to be a lot more fear-based they are worried that everybody's trying to rip us all off, that people have bad intentions, that everybody mm-hmm. is trying to get something out of everybody mm-hmm. else, that there's just like no altruism other yeah, than, it's, it's you definitely know. seeing the worst and expecting the worst and, yeah. and, and believing that everybody is going to be the absolute worst. So you have to do all of these preventative measures, mm-hmm. you know, to keep them in line from being their worst selves. Um and in thinking that about people, you wind up in some ways creating that reality and you wind up putting so much more energy. Like the thing that always comes to mind for me is like, oh, we're going to make sure that people who get welfare deserve it. And so you mm-hmm. put an insane amount of money and energy into this like bureaucratic red tape to make sure that like 3% of people who would try and scam aren't going to get theirs. Yeah. And in that process, you make it unreachable for people who do need help and can't get through some of that red tape. Yeah. What are you really doing? Who are you helping by doing that? And it's, you know, it's, just the same thing with, like, friendships. Who are you keeping out? You know, it's a it's a, a weird thing we have, too, about the, the illusion of control mm-hmm. and what we will do to convince ourselves that we have control over things that we ultimately don't have control over. Yeah. You know, like, like the kind of person who is distrustful and paranoid that can feel like they have control mm-hmm. you know uh and and obviously it's not any real control because like you said it doesn't necessarily keep them any safer yeah you know it doesn't prevent betrayal just because you thought it was coming mm-hmm, <laughs> you know mm-hmm, or, or, exactly. or, or suspected you know eventually this person was going to betray you um but you can you feel like you have control over it um and it's it's not real uh, but it gives you comfort. Mm-hmm. So if what you're ultimately looking for is to be comforted, that is not the only way to get that comfort. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so if you can, you can choose. So, yeah, there's a line and I always quote because I feel like it really breaks it down from when Harry met Sally, where they're talking about the difference between optimists and pessimists. And he claims to be a pessimist and she's sort of like, mocking him for it and he says listen i'm just saying when the shit goes down i'll be ready and you won't and she responds with yeah and in the meantime you're gonna ruin your whole life waiting for it Mm -hmm. and he changes the subject because he doesn't really have a response to that (laughs) and i always felt that to be very significant like she kind of nailed it you know (laughs) and like don't get me wrong i can be a pessimist about certain things but overall i do tend to operate on the like it's gonna work out kind of mindset most of the time oh i'm a huge pessimist oh yeah you and owen have a really (laughs) similar like well i just have to wait and see what's gonna go wrong because i know it will (laughs) meanwhile i'm like yeah it probably will but then it'll be fine (laughs) like i have the a little bit more of like a (laughs) a yellow lab sort of aspect (laughs) to me (laughs) i'm not exactly sure what kind of dog i would (laughs) <laughs> what's a really pessimistic dog i'm just trying to think you're you're 
You're like a Rottweiler. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting behind a chain link fence, everybody who walks by. <laughs> and I'm like, what's up? <laughs> I would have picked a little less aggressive. <laughs> uh, it's all bark and no bite. Um, uh. <laughs> Anyway, I say that it's kind of wild that I am that way, considering how judgmental I can also be. Mm-hmm. But my judgmental qualities usually are about really superficial bullshit and not about like what kind of person someone is or what the outcome of a situation is going to be. It's always just like, oh, they probably eat cheese whiz kind of like <laughs> petty shit, you know. <laughs> These are my priorities. Uh, mm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, this ends with Harry like waking up and Karen being like, so how much of that, that did you hear? And he's like, mm, all of it. <laughs> and she essentially kind of tells him to like have faith in butters in a way like, you know, just he's worried, but like, let him figure it out. Right, right. And, uh, and go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say she has some information. She has two things. She has pizza and she's got information. Pizza, pizza. Good old Gary. Speaking of being paranoid. <laughs> yeah. Has, uh, paranoid Gary. Has come through with some, uh, some, he had, uh, he's been hacking something somewhere. Definitely. He's, yeah. He's got photos of um, a functioning nuclear power, power nuclear plant. Nuclear power plant in uh, Iran, mm-hmm. which is where Tessa's supposed to have been. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some shit happening. And who's on the ground dealing with. What turns out to be two denarians. Mm-hmm. It is our friend Sonia. Sonia, and back. I got really sad because this all sounds like something was. You know, this is a way to draw him and keep him busy while they are up to their shenanigans in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Is what it sounds like, which means. Now I'm worried that he won't make it to this book. And I thought for sure that he was a shoe-in, given mm. that we were dealing with, you know, yeah. Nicodemus and that we were going to uh, Hades. I thought for sure he'd be here. And now I'm sad because he is otherwise engaged. Indeed. Um, I mean, maybe he can make it, you know, <laughs> back, but, but I'm sad. But yeah, so uh, Harry is like... This this seems smart. Nicodemus has this big job here. Send uh, your other guys over there to create havoc. And of course, the the one night that's in operation is going to be sent over there to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And Karen is like, oh, I guess that means we are on our we know we're on our own here. Yeah, hate it. Yeah, I was bummed out. I love Sonya so much, as I you guys know. all know. So, same same reaction here. 
So they start talking about what what to do and how they're going to deal with Jean. And uh, if I am not mistaken, Karen has a rocket launcher. She sure do. Uh, I've been rewatching Buffy, and that's what she uses to deal with the judge. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> In season two, when Angel goes bad. <laughs> uh, so good times. I had, I had a little giggle when I uh, when I read to that part. And she has a giant Smith & Wesson 500 for Harry. I gotta look up what this gun looks like. It is, I, you know, it's funny. On the, I have a, a paperback, and he has it on the cover of the book. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's a ludicrously large handgun, and I figure it's... Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Do you see it? <laughs> do you see it? What? Right. It's like a cannon. Oh my god! There, there's there's a woman holding it in one of these pictures, and like in her little hands, oof, she has too much tanner on. Girl, what are you doing? Uh, uh, who do you think is? Never mind. I don't want to insult her. Orange. She looks like a carrot, as George Costanza would say. <laughs> but yeah, that is a big gun. Jesus Christ! Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh. She- I guess it would look normal in fucking Harry's hands with him being like seven feet tall. That's true. Of course, his hands all fucked up. It's already like he's oh he's got the wrists broken and he's <laughs> like on his that. arm. Uh, and um, she tells him when he's talking about like you know how fucked up his hand and his arm are. She's just like you know we're gonna get through this, and uh, she says we're gonna handle Nicodemus. Uh, if that fucking gene comes anywhere near you, I want you to give him a 400 green bullet point reply. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, and we're going to take care of the parasite, too. And he says, yeah, about that. We can't kill it. We have to save it. <laughs> she just does a slow blink. And, and then... It just says, says, uh, he says, you know, it's not what I thought it was. Uh, And then it says, I told her. And then there's nothing. And then it just goes to, come on, get up. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to Karen? (laughs) What has happened is she has fallen into hysterical laughter. (laughs) (laughs) She has literally fallen out of her chair. And is rocking on the floor. She's laughing so hard. And I fucking just hollered when I read that. I laughed out loud. I laughed so hard. (laughs) Oh, I love that at one point, he's just like, are you quite finished? And she just immediately (laughs) loses her shit again. Uh, He's like, he's like, it's not that funny. And she's just like, the look or your face <laughs> and then she like collapses into hysterics again and then it ends when he's just like it was highly unprofessional <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it but I love that that we you know we don't need to get the whole retelling of what's wrong with him because we, we just went through that right I love that we don't really see him telling. And I love that this is her reaction of Mm -hmm. all the reactions you could have, right? And it's similar to, like, I feel like you said earlier, the enjoyment you got out of, like, the twist on the sort of trope. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, that because it is absurd. <laughs> yeah. Right. A hundred percent. And I, I won't say that I thought it was funny, but I can see exactly why it would be funny. <laughs> Uh, and I think too, just with their history and everything they've got going on, that that he would then have to be like, oh, and by the way, and it's not your baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I love, I just, I love that this was her reaction so, so much. I mean. He honestly, Butcher could have could have had her, you know, take it like it was too much, you know, or you know, she couldn't wrap her brain around it, or this is just another, another. We're gonna soldier up and get through this too, you know, mm-hmm. and and all of that would have been okay, but to have her react this way is just so much more than I expected, and just wonderful. I love every <laughs> second of it. I really, really did. Such a good choice. Such such a good choice. Yay! Would you stop it? Sorry. You have been doing it, like, so much. Oh, my God. Killing me. (sighs) Try and let that shit go, but I can only let it go the first 195 times. Well, listen, lady. (laughs) (laughs) Waste. Um... Well, before we wrap, I'm going to say hi to new patrons. And we have a bunch this week. And I just want to say thank you because I think a lot of people heeded my uh, my call to action, my, my oh, desperate request. That's great. And I really appreciate you guys a lot for doing that because just it makes a difference. It really does. Um, so in this, this week we have Suzanne Smagala, Laura Francis, Arazu Kashefi or Kashifi? I think Kashefi. Kashefi? Jessica Trudell. Paranoia Life. Which, uh, <laughs> Paranoia Life, you may want to think about some of the things that we said this episode about how you want to live. Um, Sarah and Jeff. So, welcome to all of you delightful people. Thank you again so much for your support. Really appreciate you. Um, and I want to let folks know also that uh rashawn and i just got commissioned to cover hamilton as a spoil me a very special extra expensive spoil me by our friend joyce who did it as a birthday gift to herself and our schedules have been pretty packed um so we are not going to be able to do it for a little while yet but we are planning on it being the last recording we do before going on vacation and uh for my wedding i should mention and it will be on barring any unforeseen circumstances november 20th which is a saturday at 6 p.m so because it's a spoil me it's open to everybody and if you are interested in coming and listening to us talk about it neither of us have seen it so we are both going to be unspoiled for this uh come and join us i'll share the link once i've made an event for it in various places i'll also share it that day um before we go live and just remind people 
And yeah, I'm excited about it, and uh, I'm hopeful. We're that- probably like the last people on Earth that haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things that, like, I was sort of feeling like somebody might want to commission it. So I, when it became available, like very consciously chose not to watch it. So uh, I'm glad that that wound up paying off because there has been a part of me that was like, should I have watched it like when it first dropped and everybody was talking about it? But no, it'll be way more fun to talk about it with Rashawn. And hopefully, I like it. Hopefully, Rashawn likes it. I'll feel real bad if Joyce went to all this trouble and then I don't like it. I'll say this much. So many of the people who I love and whose opinions I generally respect around a lot of various pop culture things from a lot of different walks of life loved it like there was a really good cross section of people in my life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who who were just infatuated with this so i have high hopes yeah same pretty much um so yeah just a reminder i'll i'll make an event for it eventually get it um (laughs) and i am so sorry guys dare you <sighs> how dare you admonish me about the noises my books make when you're out here just punning like that. interrupting myself <laughs> to congratulate myself on an unintentional pun oof my my brain ladies and gentlemen it's just a series of of interruptions really you're gonna have like your own id and it's gonna be like girl <laughs> my id is essentially like one of those people that is talking to an imaginary friend walking down like Chestnut Avenue, Chestnut Street, just like just like just me. Just it's it's them just saying shit, remembering something else, saying that, then being like, oh wait, but and then like quoting something, a snatch of song back to something that it just observed. Then like, oh, I forgot to do this. It would just be a nightmare. It'd just be. A, oh. My id wouldn't notice I was even there. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the truest thing you've ever said. Uh, I'd, I'd be like snapping my finger in front of its face and it's just like, mm, busy, sorry. Uh, fine, I'll come back later. <laughs> um... Anyway, is there anything else that you wanted to mention? No, no, I think that's it for me. All right. Well, um, guys, if you want to become a patron, patreon.com slash unspoiled. Oh, and one thing I'll try and uh, remember to add in the show notes. I did a um, a while back. I recorded a podcast with Miles, Cam, and Megan Bob from uh, Smash Fiction and the NXT wrestling podcast, next wrestling podcast. We recorded an episode called hard choices about who is the most fuckable on song of ice in song of ice and fire. Uh, it was sort of a mesh of uh, song of ice and fire and game of Thrones, the TV show. And we made like a top 20 list from least to most fuckable and debated it with like a lot of, opinions mm-hmm. strong opinions you so, are a strong opinion having bunch indeed <laughs> um and there were some very hotly contested suggestions assumptions opinions but i will share the link to that so that you guys can go check it out if you are interested it was a lot of fun to do um and yeah i just wanted to give that one a quick plug so 
Um, all right. Thank you again, everybody, very much for listening. We adore you. You're wonderful. It's true. You're special. We love you. And we will see you next week with a new episode. Until then, toodaloo, motherfuckers. Bye, guys. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.